Hi, and welcome to Let's Get Clinical, tips from the CRA helper. Here is your host, Elizabeth Waddell. Hi, Elizabeth here, and welcome to episode 14, where I will be discussing the importance of PI oversight. I first want to start off by saying I am truly, truly sorry for the delay in getting this next episode published, and moving forward, my schedule should be getting back to normal, so I definitely wanted to start off with an apology for that. So like I mentioned on today's episode, I wanted to discuss the topic of the importance of PI oversight. I figured a good way to start would be maybe there's listeners out there that are research naive, so I just want to make sure that you understand the role of the PI and just go over three roles that you're going to hear during this episode. And I don't know why I said gonna. I'm sorry (laughs) to say going to hear. Whoa. So, but three roles that you're going to hear about during this episode is PI. So that's principal investigator. And that's a person responsible for the conduct of the clinical trial at a site. And a way to remember that, a way to remember that is principal. Principal is the main investigator, the primary investigator. And then you might have sub-investigators. I think of sub as like a backup. A sub-investigator, also known as a sub-I, is any individual that's a member of the clinical team that's designated and supervised by the principal investigator at a trial site. And they perform critically trial-related procedures as well, especially if they're medically qualified, as long as they've been delegated um, to do these trial-related procedures and make any important trial-related decisions. So this, again, has to be delegated. They have to be qualified and trained to do this. Another role you're going to hear about a lot and work with a lot in your clinical research career is a clinical research coordinator, also known as a CRC or a study coordinator, an SC. They assist the investigators with various trial-related activities as delegated by the principal investigator. So you will work very closely with a study coordinator, and they are so awesome. They are always such a blessing to work with. So like I discussed in previous episodes, the investigator should maintain a list of appropriately qualified persons to whom the investigators delegated significant trial-related duties. So like we talked about, that's a delegation of authority log. Sometimes it's called a site signature log, a site delegation of responsibility log. It just depends on the company you work for. But the delegation of authority log is a very important document. And it's important to remember that the investigator, although they've delegated these specific tasks to the qualified trainer professionals on their study team, the investigator, that principal investigator is responsible for supervising any individual or party to whom they delegate trial-related duties and functions conducted at their site. This requirement was also noted in ICH GCP E6R2 addendum for the PI to demonstrate their oversight of a clinical trial. So the sites actually, they have to be able to provide evidence that the PI is actively involved in the conduct of the trial and assuming their required responsibilities. We have to see this. The PI is more than just a signature, and it's so important to remember that. He or she is responsible for overseeing all site activities. They are ultimately responsible for everything at that site. So we as monitors, we must ensure that the PI at each site is involved in overseeing the site activities. And this is one of the questions that I actually have to answer and assess when I complete my trip reports. So what are some ways that we can verify proper PI oversight? For me, this means involvement. So when I'm reviewing documentation, I want to see evidence that the PI is involved. I would expect to see evidence of PI involvement during source review, my reg binder review, and when meeting with the PI. 
in my monitoring career, I actually have seen various levels of PI involvement and from one extreme to another. So there was a site where I had actually observed that the PI, there was copied and pasted signatures of the PI on the delegation log, on the IP, the study drug prescribing info, the 1572. And and it really made me question if the PI was even in attendance at the visit, because I guess I was just wondering why would you need a copy and and pasted signature if the PI was there? So definitely it led to discussion with the site and it was definitely an issue and it led to a follow-up phone call really fast with the lead CRA. So that was definitely one extreme that I experienced. Then I've also had ones where maybe the PI didn't meet with me as required because it is an obligation. We talk about it at the PSVs and SIVs that it's an obligation for the PI to meet with a monitor at monitoring visits. And so sometimes that we had some PIs that wouldn't meet with me as required. And then I would have PIs that would stop by. They would peep their head in. It's funny because the coordinator would say, did the PI stop by yet? Did they peep their head in? Because they wanted to make sure that the PI came and met with me before they left for the day. So on a side note, I definitely recommend keeping a side list of everything that you want to review and discuss with the PI because when they pop in, you need to be ready because their time is limited. And that may be the only time that you get with them at that particular visit. So you want to be prepared and go over everything that you need to discuss with them. So then there was those type of investigators that would come by and meet with me before they left. And then I would see evidence of their involvement during my source review and during my regulatory document review. So that was good. And then on the other complete extreme, I had a PI that would meet with me throughout the day, every day that I was there, and he maintained the regulatory binder. And I was shocked. That was the first I'd ever had that because usually it's a study coordinator or maybe they have a reg person that maintains the binder. So I was very impressed. That was a very involved PI. And he was so familiar with every subject. Like when I would have to discuss an issue observed or maybe an eligibility question that I needed clarified, he was right there. He knew exactly what patient I was talking about and his reasoning for why he felt that patient was eligible. And then we'd follow up with a medical monitor. And then she was like, okay, he just needs to make a late entry um, in the source clarifying that and we're good to go. So that was a complete other extreme right there. He was very, very involved. And that's so, so awesome to see. And it makes you feel good as a monitor. So like I mentioned, different levels of PI involvement for sure. So let's dive deeper in ways we as CRAs can assess PI oversight. Again, the PI is more than just a signature. He or she must supervise the trial. They're personally responsible for the study. And if it were me, I would be so paranoid. I would be paranoid and probably be overly involved (laughs) because if my signature's on something, my name's associated with something, I want to know what is going on. I want to ensure it's being done right and with quality. So like we've discussed time and time again, the PI may delegate tasks and document that on the delegation log. And again, you're going to dream about me saying this. Everyone that has tasks delegated to them, they need to be qualified. They need to be trained to do this. So if tasks are delegated, the PI is going to have to have a plan then regarding how to supervise. How are they going to know everything going on at that site and be involved? So one of the things that we discuss at PSVs and SIVs is how will the PI keep their staff informed of everything going on at the site? If there's new updates, safety updates, if there's any new directives maybe in a study. And then also 
vice versa. How is the PI going to stay informed? So most of them answer that they have meetings, which maybe weekly or biweekly. We'll document this information in our trip reports. And the PI should also ensure that they're documenting the minutes for the research staff meetings as well. And how involved is the PI with subject study visits? And you can see this when you're reviewing the source, when you're reviewing consent documentation, review of labs and ECG reports, physical exams, sign off on AEs and SAEs, looking at the progress notes all throughout the source, we can get a sense if the PI is involved or if they're present or if they're a part of these study visits. And are these safety reviews being completed in a timely manner? That's another thing. You don't want to see a whole bunch of lab reports all signed the same day. And on some of them, it's a month after their study visit even occurred. Because then this would make me think, well, how often does the PI come around if they all have to be pulled out at one time a month after a study visit for him or her to sign? So we definitely want to ensure for safety purposes, like I talked about in previous episodes, we want to ensure that ECG's labs all safety assessments are reviewed and signed off in a timely manner. Now, my experience was primarily with private practices or research facilities. Therefore, the PI would be involved in some, if not all, of the patient care. Now, I know that hospitals and bigger sites will have medically qualified delegated sub-eyes that are dedicated to patients. If the PI has delegated study-specific tasks appropriately, it does show their consideration of trained and qualified staff performing their jobs in the study. In this case, though, sometimes the PI will co-sign to still show their involvement. So they'll review the visits, review the chart, and they'll sign and date in order to document their review. Because again, they're ultimately responsible and And this way you can tell they're involved and they're wanting to know and assess and see for themselves what's going on at that site. Being familiar with what's going on and the status of each and every patient, each and every subject in the study. And then I've even had some PIs that would sign and date their review of the fall letters that we send as monitors after our monitoring visit. And I like that too, because they're signing and dating or initialing and dating, showing that they've reviewed that fall letter and they're aware of everything going on with their site in that study. And you can even tell in discussions with the PI at monitoring visits if they're familiar and involved with the study or not. So when I'm reviewing the regulatory binder, some of the things that I look for in order to assess PI involvement is review of the safety reports, the IND safety reports. And these are sent out to all the investigators in a study when there's a safety update. So it's called a SUSAR, and that's a suspected, unexpected, serious adverse reaction. And when this happens, this report is sent out to all investigators in the trial. So they need to be very up to date and aware and review and sign off on these in a timely manner. So this is something that I look for. So when reviewing these IND safety reports in the regulatory binder, I want to see them signed and dated by the PI to document their review. So again, you're going to look at the data that report, look at the date of the signature to see, are they involved? Do they know these safety updates that are coming out during the trial? And these are also reported to the IRB because again, it's a safety update and you never know there could be safety updates that could affect a subject's willingness to participate in the trial. So it's very important that a PI is aware and involved and a study team is updated on all the safety aspects of the trial. And I also want to look and see, okay, is the delegation log up to date? I don't want to see a delegation log that's completed and filled in with tasks delegated to people. And the PI hasn't initialed and dated 
next to each line because when they initial date this delegation log, they're confirming, yes, I approve this person to be delegated these tasks in the study. I feel they're medically qualified. I feel that they are trained and qualified to perform these tasks in the trial. So if they're not initialing and dating next to each one, then you kind of wonder, was the PI involved with this one or did they just add the person to the log? So again, these are things that you look for. I also wanna see the PI sign off on these updated investigator brochures that come out to the site. This again is safety information. These IBs, there's usually multiple versions in a trial. So I wanna see that they're signing off acknowledgement and that they're aware of all the new safety updates in, in the trial, the protocol amendments. Am I seeing PI sign off on the protocol signature pages for these amendments? Am I seeing that the staff is trained appropriately in the study for the staff that was not present at that site initiation visit? Am I seeing that they were trained appropriately to perform their task prior to them performing any study-related procedures on the study? So I want to make sure training documentation is up to date. Any updates to reg docs that require PI involvement I want to see that in the regulatory binders. That's another area that you can tell and assess if a PI is involved. And if you're constantly noting and seeing issues with the source or with reg docs, with IP documentation, and the PI repeatedly doesn't meet with you, then chances are there is little PI involvement and you would definitely want to escalate this document and detail in your report, and you're going to have to re-educate the site and remind the PI of his or her obligations in the study. So like I had mentioned before, you can definitely tell when you're meeting with the PI if they're involved or not. Sometimes they'll pop in and say, now what study are you here for again? And when discussing issues observed, you can get a sense if they're familiar with the protocol or not, or familiar with the eligibility criteria, which is very concerning if they're not. And during the enrollment phase, you are going to constantly discuss recruitment, the status of recruitment at their site and enrollment at their site. And you can tell if a PI, again, is involved in that process or not. If they, in fact, know what is going on with the study as a whole, with how their site's doing, with what's going on at their site, you can tell. It's very important, actually, to ask open-ended questions because you can get a feel for if, they're, again, they're familiar with the protocol, if they're familiar with the study and what's going on. You don't want to ask yes or no questions because they may just agree with you and, and have you move on. So I definitely advise to ask open-ended questions to know a site's process. Because as CRAs, we must escalate, like I talked about, any concerns of PI involvement. And again, also remind the PI of his or her obligations. So I personally like to use the back of the 1572. And this is an agreement that's signed and dated at the beginning of the study by the PI. And in section nine is a section that outlines the PI's commitments to the study. And again, they're signing and dating an agreement. So I like to remind them of those commitments. And the second bullet point says... I agree to personally conduct or supervise the described investigation or study. And again, these are commitments that the PI has signed and dated and agreed to. So after I remind them of their commitments and their PI obligations, I, of course, document that discussion in detail in my trip report. And then also, it's a good idea to document any retraining and any re-education on a training log. Sometimes your site or your site, your company (laughs) may have their own template of a training log for the study and then usually... The training log is left in the reg binder, and then you obtain a copy and file it in your study TMF. So that would be a good idea to document that retraining as well. And investigator obligations, they're discussed at PSVs, at SIVs, and the PIs usually always confirm agreement at that time. So just again, they definitely should know from the beginning 
their obligations and what they're responsible for. And they should also know this when they take their GCP training and they should have a GCP certificate or some sort of documentation of training on file. So they definitely should be aware of their obligations as a PI. And if it happens where a PI does not come to meet with you at a monitoring visit, then I recommend scheduling a follow-up phone call. Sometimes they'll call you while you're still at the site. Other times it may be where you have a follow-up phone call scheduled, maybe when you're back in the office. Whatever it may be, make sure to document this information in your trip report. And if you have consecutive visits where they don't meet with you, then definitely escalate that to your lead CRA so that they can know and escalate that to the sponsor if need be. They may need to reach out to the site if if the site's being unresponsive to you. So definitely escalate that if it happens to be consecutive visits that they're not showing up and meeting with you. And it helps to work with the coordinator. They know the PI schedule. So just remind them that it's so important that you meet with the PI at the next visit. Just confirm that they're going to be present and available to meet with you. And maybe even block if they could somehow block some time out on his or her calendar if possible. And then again, just make sure to document your plan of action, document your discussions with the site in your trip report. And definitely in regards to PI oversight, trust your gut. Like I mentioned, you're going to know when you have discussions with site staff and the PI, if he or she is involved. Again, ask open-ended questions to get a feel of the site's process and when they conduct study visits. And then of course, escalate and discuss any concerns that you have with your lead CRA or manager, even if it's just a hunch. It's better to go ahead and discuss this with your lead CRA. Get some ideas of maybe what to do with your next visit. It's maybe some things to look for. But again, trust your gut. You'll know. You can tell by a discussion. And again, those open-ended questions really help to know what's truly going on at a site. Thank you so much. I hope this information has been helpful. And if you like what you hear, hit subscribe. I pray you guys are safe out there. Let's work together to flatten the curve and stop the spread of the coronavirus and COVID-19. I definitely want to thank all of our nurses, doctors, all the healthcare workers out there, grocery store workers, delivery workers, sanitation workers, power linemen, everyone out there putting their lives on the line every day. Thank you. Again, stay safe. And I look forward to our time together next week. Until next time.